this. This is this is diversified game game a podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, you guys are going to get some investment, some real estate, and all type of game. My guest today will be Sandy Cesare, and I'm saying that like it just rolls off the tongue. <laughs> you know, it rolls off the tongue like some picklies on a great dish. But picklies, <laughs> I know about it, Sandy, the one in the back of the fridge, but she's giving us the game. And Sandy, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am grateful and I am doing very well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, introduce, you know, and tell the people just kind of what you do, because from your voice, they're going to say, does she do voiceover too? You know, (laughs) (laughs) no, not I. (laughs) Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but yeah, give the game. What, what what type of entrepreneur, real estate, you know, investor are you in all the different skills and talents that you have? Yeah, well, so I own a basically real estate investment company and our main focus and niche is um, mobile homes. So we basically wholesale mobile homes on land. Right. And um, we've niched down to that for a couple of years now. But I've been in the business overall for 18 and a half years. I've been in the real estate business. So I got started really young. And when I first got started, I got my real estate license, immediately started doing mortgages. And at the same time, and just just started basically learning about investing in different um, real estate investing styles and strategies. And so what I did was when I initially got started, um, my, my main focus at the time was doing mortgages. Even though I had my real estate license, it was within six months that I actually, um, you know, started doing mortgages and then started flipping properties. And so, you know, I, I'm, I'm the type of person that like to dive in head first and then, tr- you know, swim to try to figure my way out. And so I would go to investors meetings, different clubs and networking events, just trying to learn and make contacts. And so through that, I made um, one of the contacts I made, I ended up buying 10 properties from them. And those properties were buying holes. Basically, I bought them and kept them as rentals, Section 8 rentals. And um, he introduced me to some other um, investors who I ended up buying more properties from. So that's how I got started in a business. So I was, you know, doing mortgages. I was buying and holding, doing rentals, and then um, fixing and flipping properties. So for years, that's that was my niche. And then, um, and, you know, and I had made tons of money. I made a lot of money. And then when the market crashed, I lost everything. So, you know, from having so many properties, a portfolio of over, well, over 20 that I own. And I know at one point I was controlling at least 60 properties. And so all of the money that I had made in, um, and, and really, um, to back up real quick, before the market actually crashed, I was actually able to sell the majority of my properties. You know, some people thought, you know, like, how did you know it was going to happen? I, I, re- I didn't know anything. I didn't know what was going to happen, but I had a goal. And my goal was to just take the money and then um, move from single owning single family um, residences and just going into apartment complex. 
But what I did was the mistake that I made, and I made tons and tons of mistakes, you know, the mistake that I made was, um, you know, the money that I had um, received from selling all the properties, I had set it aside. However, um, I started loaning money out to people that I knew I had done business with. I trusted them and doing that was not the problem. The problem was I did it, you know, basically cross my T's, dot my I's, making sure that I have collateral, making sure that they're signing paperwork. You know, I just went on this, oh, you my friend, I know you trust system. And so, you know, a lot of people like, so a lot of people that I, you know, loan money to, they basically lost my money for me. (laughs) But, you know, of course, you know, you got to take blame and responsibility for what happens, you know, in your life. That's how you're going to grow anyways. Right. So basically, Mm -hmm. you know, going through that process, you know, I I literally lost everything. Um, I ended up losing a handful of properties, um, to foreclosure, but the majority of the properties that I had, you know, I had ended up, you know, selling them. So, so now, you know, I'm in this state of depression, you know, confusion, depression, and and just basically feeling really down on myself and um, about, you know, the mistakes that I had made, the choices that I had made that got me to that point. You know what I mean? So I was really, really hard on myself. So it took a lot, you know, to get myself out of that state. You know, I, I was depressed for a while. Um, but, you know, I had to I had to like say, look, you know, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? This ain't helping nothing. You know what I mean? So and this isn't you. So I had to like really give myself a pep talk over and over and over again and pray over and over and over again to get out of that state because it was like look you know what you're doing this is what you do so stop your little pity party that you have going on here you know what I mean and get your butt back up and do what you do you know so so from that moment on you know I just you know what got my butt up I said look let and and I had no money like literally like I went from having all of this money all these properties to literally having negative dollars in my account literally having negative dollars in my account and I even went on food stamp for six months okay and and here's the thing about that for me is just I grew up on welfare my mom you know, had to have um, food stamp for a while because, you know, I'm from Haiti. They came here as migrant farm workers working in the sugarcane field and the corn field. And my mom, like, and my dad too, like, they would be working like six an hour days for $20. You know what I mean? And then the first hourly job that she got, because, in, because they were getting to back up, they were getting 10 cents per box of corn that they were packing up. So all day, 10 cents about like literally I'd be making like $20 you know what I'm saying so you got to imagine that right and then so then I remember even like the, a step up when they got the first hourly job full-time they were making four fifteen an hour each you know what I'm saying wow. and supporting the family here supporting their family in Haiti um so I mean that really was no money so she had food stamp but then I remember you know I remember as soon as my mom years later got a job and it was like eight dollars an hour she cut all the welfare off 
I mean, really, and that's nothing, right? That's no money. You still got all these kids and all this family you're taking care of. So, you know, just seeing that in my parents, you know, they're, they're like extreme hard workers. So like for me, and I always had this inner self-pride too, you know what I mean? In a sense of, you know, look, I, I'm going to hustle up and do what I got to do to achieve my goal. I don't want to be out here on some food stamp. You know, it's like great for the people that actually needed and live, you know, to need a live that need to live for the moment being, but you don't take that and make that your livelihood. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, so, for, but, you know, anyway, so going back to the story, you know, being depressed and saying, you know what, you need to get yourself together, do what you do best. And I, I got out, I started, you know, driving around and in the real estate world, we call that driving for dollars. You know, you look for deals, you know what I mean? You basically driving around looking for deals. And so I started driving around and I, there was a car, not a car. Um, there was a property, a house with a for sale by owner sign in front of it. So I call that um, owner up. And one of the things I like to do is in the real estate world, one thing I like to do, look, look, if I'm talking to an owner about a property for sale, I'm going to ask them automatically if they have any more properties for sale. Don't assume they don't, you know, and don't assume that's the only one. So when I called him, that property was still available. And I said, do you have any more properties for sale? He was like, I got four. I was like, hallelujah, you know? And then so basically I put all those properties under contract. And basically what wholesaling is, it's kind of like you are acting as the middle person, right? So let's say, for example, if you, if you have a house for sale, you're selling your house right me and you come into an agreement of what we're gonna purchase the property for okay now and one of the key that makes this work is because you're buying properties below market value so typically these are the sellers that would sell their properties below market value are you know owners with some kind of distress distressed situation so they're pretty motivated to sell you know what i mean they need to get off that property quickly whether it's a headache property because they live too far away that cannot take care of it or they're going through a divorce or there's some kind of illness death in the family there's a reason why they don't want to deal with that property or the property need too much it has too much repairs they don't have money to deal with it or maybe they do they just don't want to bother with it you know so there's a situation there that makes them motivated to sell that property so in the wholesaling world you are looking for situations like that right? You're looking for situations like that because you have to buy the property at a discount because what you're going to turn around and do is you're going to assign that contract to an end buyer, right? You're going to assign that contract to an end buyer who's going to buy it and you, at a discount also. So you're buying low and you're selling low essentially, right? And you're doing that via an assignment of contracts. So technically, because you don't own the property, so technically what you're selling is the contract that you have with that owner, and Sandy and yeah. Sandy and you have a YouTube and I know um, you have you haven't shown it a love in a while. It's been a been a minute. Since yeah, I haven't updated my YouTube in years. Yeah. But I want people to go check that out. And, and because we've, you know, talked about, you know, that and, you know, Max um, talks about wholesaling. You know, he has the perfect beard on YouTube. We're mm -hmm. all trying to get that Max beard. Yeah. But I want to go deep because you said something in the beginning. You said so many things. But one, I want to know at what age you started. And then I want you to explain that mobile 
investment because that is something new to the diversified game audience. They haven't heard anybody doing the mobile home um, investment. So can you t tell them at what age you started so they know that they can too and how, what that mobile home um, investment looks like? Yeah, so, so when I first started, like literally, I started when I was 21. But get this, though, when I first moved, like 18, moved out of my parents, you know, house, and then I went to Tampa, I immediately signed up to for the real estate class, right? 18, I had no money. And I, I went to, I sat in the class. Let me tell you, I was, I was so confused. I didn't know what the heck was going on. I didn't know what this dude was talking about. And I was just sitting in the class, but, you know, trying to take it all in. But I was really confused, let me tell you. So, but anywho, when I signed up for the class, I did a deposit. I didn't have all the cash. But when it came time to the last day, it was like $45, yo, like $45. And uh, I didn't have that. So they're like, uh, no money, no test. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I couldn't finish. I couldn't take the test and, and I couldn't finish the class. So it was like, fine. So two years later, two years later, I went back. I said, here's all your money up front, all of $245, I think it was, okay? <laughs> so, but I was like, here's your money. Took the class and then took the test. So 21, this was what, like 2002, I think. Um, yeah, I'm like, I'm 39 now. So, but anyway, so 20, 21, and then um, I got the license, but I got into real estate because, you know, I used to watch those Carlton sheets back in the days. You remember those infomercials? Yeah. 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 And I know some people don't like them, but, you know, um, I used to watch those Carlton sheets. And then there was like Rich Dad, Poor Dad with Robert Kiyosaki. And I just always literally had that entrepreneurial drive in me. You know what I mean? So and I like money. I was like, I want to make money. You know, so I had that drive that's, you know, to want to go and figure something out and do something um, on my own and for myself. And then in and, and those infomercials kind of like gave me the boost and I went in and, you know, took the class. And then, you know, like I said, then, you know, it just took off from there. You know what I mean? And then so what what got me into the mobile home investing, because here's the thing, like most investors most typical investors that are buying to hold or buying to flip, most of them stay away from mobile homes. Many people stay away from mobile homes. So, and I used to too, because, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you think if you're going to do the business, why make it hard on yourself, right? You know, if, and then if you're thinking if most people and most investors, when you're wholesaling a property, putting it under contract, right? And you're going to have to sell it to an end buyer who are mostly investors because when wholesaling works with cash deals, occasionally you will have people who use private money, but most wholesale deals in the traditional wholesale way, you cannot sell it with bank financing. You know what I mean? It has to be a cash deal. And then a lot of those buyers are um, investors. And so if these investors are not interested in mobile homes, then 
why are you going to go after mobile homes? Because it is going to be harder to sell, right? So, so that's the that's the view overall view. So, I used to totally ignore mobile homes. Um, however, a couple of years ago, we got a lead, um, and then you know, I just said, you know what? Let's give it a try. Let's give it a try. So, and then we did the deal, and we made a ten thousand dollars assignment fee on the deal. And then, so I was like, well, wait a minute, because these are the same type of assignment assignment fees that we do on single family homes or a duplex or, or the typical, you know, type of deal, right? So I was like, well, we're leaving money on the table. And so in my mind, the way my mind also operates is, you know what, if everybody is going this way, I don't mind going that way to see what's there. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, 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 you know, that struck my interest. And then I decided, you know what, let me do a campaign and just target all mobile homes. And we did that. And then we did really well. And here's the other thing too, especially when I was in Tampa at the time and Tampa is one of the very competitive market in the country when it comes to like wholesaling, you know, and other investors there, there are, I mean, there's still money there. There's still money to be made, but a lot of time, if we're doing a market, if we're marketing, like, like, literally, we got to fight, you know, 20 to 100 other investors for the same deal. You know what I'm saying? As mm-hmm. opposed to like the mobile home. And I realized after we did the first campaign, you know, some of the sellers were like, we have never received any postcards or any letters or anybody, you know, asking us to buy our properties. And then so, you know, that made me think, well, okay, well, there's something there because I mean, do I want to fight? you know, 20 other people for the same deal? Or do I want to go here where I'm fighting none or maybe one or two? So to be clear, you're finding mobile homes, people that are already there and saying, I want to, you know, I want to buy this land. Is that, that's what you're doing? Yeah. So basically, so, so now, so now we have to, when we generate leads, we do different type of marketing to find our deals, you know? So I'll send most of mine is mailers. There are some people who do like cold calling, you know, texting or different strategies, but most of my strategy includes a lot of mailers. So basically, you know, if you ever see like one of those letters or cards saying, Hey, we're interested in buying your property. That's what I do to have to have these sellers call our, our number. And then we, we take it from there. Right. Mm-hmm. So now, so, so now that we started targeting, um, basically mobile and I have to tell you too, it's not like, you know, like a mobile home itself. I didn't know anything really about a mobile home itself, but I know how to do deals. You know what I'm saying? I've been doing it deals for years. So it's just a different asset class basically, you know? So, so like as we when we started doing the mobile homes, just going basically hard on it and we learn we you know we and still learning learning a lot of stuff as we go but i say that to say this because a lot of time a lot of us want to wait for everything to be perfect to get started you know what i mean they want to wait for everything to be perfect to get started you know or they they feel like they don't know enough. You know, sometimes you just got to take the leap and you're going to learn as you go along. And this is that's just really how life operates anyways. You know what I'm saying? And then you got to be willing to learn if you got to hire some experts to come in and help you do that. But everything doesn't have to be perfect. Learn the fundamentals, you know, and, and then you can navigate your way through anything, you know. So 
and we do like there we've done over 70 mobile homes already this year you know um next year we're looking to double that to reach about you know our goal is 200 next year you know so, so, we're so let me ask you up. though mm -hmm. let me ask you people who are in mobile homes and you know mobile homes they range um usually aren't those people kind of quite settled how difficult is it to move them out or is it also the other part of the flip just to find land for those same people maybe you would have moved in the next neighborhood to say i have land over here come be my tenant or maybe i want to sell this to you like how does that how does that work because mobile home communities i would find it maybe difficult to move those people out of certain communities you know how they make their community so explain that to us how that works okay so well our main focus is mobile home on land where the owner owns the home in the land now you're talking mm -hmm. about mobile home in parks where they're leasing you know leasing the land and basically they have their mobile home there so yeah so if if they were leasing basically leasing the land now, if they're selling the home, then you have to figure things out with the park because the parks, they come with their own set of rules and regulation and every park is different, right? So yeah, they may have to move a home if, you know, you can't qualify to stay in that park, you know what I mean? Or if they're selling that home, you know? So, so these are, it's like two different, um, basically two different animals. Now, the mobile home on land, which is um, my main focus as far as our business goes, you know, you own, you own the property, you own the land. And the home, now, as the owner, you can do whatever you want. If you want, if you want to change the home, if you need to tear it down, because then we get a lot of homes too that needs a lot of work where they cannot be salvaged. So the home has to be torn down. But on the other hand, we have investors who are looking for the land so they can bring in um, a different home or maybe if zoning will allow it, if they can bring in multiple homes because they create more cash flow for them. Mm. Um, but yeah, but the homes, it, it can be moved if you need to move it okay no this is this is good stuff and, and i say that we've had guests and so i just want to like give the audience a full picture because we've had guests who have invested in dirt and we've actually bought some of the dirt here in florida and we you know we bought our plot of land mm -hmm. on the other side um close to the beach and, mm -hmm. and before people were like i never had heard that you could do this so that you're doing this and that you're gonna have a course on it oh yeah folks she has a she has a course coming and her links for her beautiful website will be in the description box but i just want to make it clear so it's not a, a game overload and i even want to go back to what you said prior of you giving out this money when things were good but at, in banking on credit now my, my first thought when you said i'm giving out money i'm like okay well she's doing too many saws but you know or why didn't she bring people into the saw and say look i'll give you the money but you got to have some skin in the game and a saw folks is a high-end savings plan in different communities Africans Haitian. from different countries, Haitians, uh, Spanish, everybody calls it something different. Jangi for some of y'all from Cameroon and Nigeria, but it's collecting money. So when you were giving this money and saying, hey, credit is good and we got these homes, um, the mentality of what you're doing now, are you still giving that money? Are you part oh. of a song? 
Yeah. So, so no, when I was giving, um, and I say giving really wasn't really giving, they were, they were basically loans that I gave out, but I mm-hmm. just did not, um, make sure I have all my paperwork filled out. I, I didn't have no collateral. I just trusted them to do basically right by me. And I don't think, you know, I don't think that she meant any harm, but you know what they say, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You know what I'm saying? So, but, but to say that, I don't think, you know, and some people would say it differently. I don't think they were like set out, out to get me. It was just a, basically a messed up, you know, economic condition at the time. And a lot of people lost money and just, I just happened to be collateral damage. You know what I mean? Now, so like, for example, like one of the um, investor friends that I had, you know, I loaned him $230,000 and he used to loan money out to people. He loaned it out to, you know, some guys that were building um, new homes at the time. And I think one of them finished the building and then the other one, basically at the end of it all, I was like, okay, so project went bust or whatever. Where's my paperwork? Where's my collateral? You know, because, you know, when the bank, when you stop paying the bank, you know, the bank have a house to take back and the land that comes with it to take back. I didn't have that. And the reason why I didn't have that is because I didn't do what I was supposed to do to make sure I had all those stuff, you know, done where I was protected. You know what I mean? And even if it didn't work as much as I had loan out, you know, initially, I would still have something. You know what I mean? Um, but I didn't have any of that because I wasn't minding my business the way that I should have. I allowed other people to do as they will basically with my money and not protecting it. So that's how I end up losing a lot of money. Okay. And and that you can get it back. I mean, that's what an entrepreneurship, there's no guaranteed payment, but you're, you know, you're doing well. Uh, if I didn't tell you guys um, how I met Sandy was actually just jogging around the neighborhood and, you know, and, and I've had Rick party on who you guys have seen, who now is a, a friend and a, a mentor, um, you know, just going around the neighborhood and talking to people. And so with that, you know, you wrote a book, it's on Amazon, again, links, description box. Um, Do you enjoy writing or was it just kind of an urge where you said, you know what, I'm tired of repeating myself, I got to put this in a book. (laughs) Actually, you know what, I do enjoy writing, but I don't get enough time to do it. So I don't do it often. But I, you know, I have so many ideas in my head. Now, but um, that book was, you know, friend of mine, um a friend you know basically several friend of mine's right you know how do I get in real estate how do I get in real estate always asking and then you know wanting to know um what's the first step next step so I decided okay let me put some guidelines together it wasn't supposed to be a book so first it was like one page and then it was like two pages and then three pages by page 12, I said, the hell with this. We're going to turn this into a book. (laughs) So that's how that came about. Wow. No, that that's, that's awesome. And, and, and that's just the natural way. I mean, entrepreneurs, you, we've read it in all the books that, you know, we solve problems and the book is just a, an added bonus. Now mm-hmm. you've done YouTube, but have you ever thought about maybe putting a documentary or some type of, you know, movie out there to show the other side, because you and your husband, you know, you guys are young, you fly, and, and, you know, just able and a lot of our people, they're like, man, I'm not reading no book, but if you put it in a movie and, and yeah. put a little, you know, plot twist or documentary, then show how you're living, folks will be like, oh, okay, I'm listening. That's so, you do. yeah. 
Yeah. You know what? That's a good idea. That's that's a great idea. I haven't thought about it specifically in that way, but the thought have crossed my mind. Okay. And Mm -hmm. and how and talking about your husband, uh, you know, he's an entrepreneur as well. How has he impacted your business? Well, you know, he's a marketer. He's more like a structured type of person where I am basically I'm like that visionary he's a visionary too but like I'm like that visionary but like along with that is all the chaos that's in my head you know what I mean (laughs) all the chaos and then all different ideas and I literally have to like tell myself to focus 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 otherwise you know I'll be out here chasing way too many rabbits you know what I mean (laughs) so (laughs) because it's like oh there's this next good idea oh my gosh I have this next great idea But, you know, what I have learned over time is if you really want to, like, you know, be successful, at one point you have to, like, focus. And before you start chasing the next thing, make sure everything is in line with one thing. You know what I'm saying? So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, exactly. And and I'm the type that's like, you know, my mind will be here and there. So he helps kind of keep me focused. You know, like remind me that, okay, it's not time to go after this idea yet. You need to finish up with this idea, you know, because he's just very like structured, very organized person, the type that plans everything, not me. I don't, you know, like, like if we have a trip six months down the line, I'm like, what are we planning now for? You know, like, I got five months, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I'm that type where it's like, okay, where, and it drives me crazy because that's not my personality, right? But it's also necessary, but it drives me nuts. But yeah, so he's just very structured and very organized and just, just very like, you know, to the point. No, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I can already know that on your personality test, <laughs> it starts with an E. Uh, you know, <laughs> And, and so does so does mine because I, I get it. But having a great team of people and building that out where you can create something, I tell people I love to start things. And I and I and I really, you know, when I found out that that was okay, was I was probably. 1415 and read a Donald Trump book mm-hmm. when he when he used to be sane at least. <laughs> yeah. And and that's my Irish twin actually. So I, I read it and he's like, I have people who all they do is like to start things and they sell it off or they let someone else manage it. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. Yeah. But the school system does mm-hmm. not make you think that that's okay. They make you seem like you're all over the place. So people think, right. oh, you're so scatterbrained. So right. I'm glad that you put it out there that, yeah, mm-hmm. it's okay to be. Yeah, it's, it's fine. You just have to learn. And, you know, it took a while too. It's just like you say, like we are raised, not just the school system, too. sometimes it's our parents. And people like at the end of the day, you don't know what you don't know, right? So now I don't blame these people because they don't know what they don't know. You know what I'm saying? So this is the school system is just like you know, they they teach basically they they there to teach you how to be a worker, a worker bee, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I mean, not, not all schools are created equal, not all teachers are created equal. There are some really, really good ones, you know, they actually understand, gets it and care. Um, but like you know, growing up from not just being in school, just people around you, church, whoever, family, you know, neighborhood, the community, it's like, because they don't get it. So they make people who are a certain type of way feel bad about who they are and what they are, where they really should show you how to not only embrace that, but how to make it work for you and not against you. Because that's the problem, you know, like, 
to be scatterbrained and coming up with ideas all the time. And, you know, that's the visionary. That's great. However, but this is how you structure it so you can actually have success and you're not just always chasing something, but never ending up with, you know, ending up with nothing. So how to create a team behind that? You know what I'm saying? So like, you know, especially one of the things that I'm, you know, I'm learning and have learned is like a, if you're a visionary, now you need somebody to implement those things. You know what I mean? So Definitely. you need to just pair up with the right people, create the right team. If you got to, you know, hire the right people, you just got to know how to structure that, you know, and vice versa, because we all are so different. We all have different personalities. But the beauty in that is it's kind of like this. You know, God was smart in the sense of he created us to need each other. You know, not one person have everything they need. You know what I mean? Like you need somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Like you need somebody else to bring your vision to reality. You know, definitely got to have a team. I haven't seen one person win solo, not one. Yeah, exactly. So, so like bringing it back to like our childhood and, 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 you know, in our upbringing, it's like if people had taught me or, you know, us that look, okay, you are like this. That's nothing wrong with you. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh, why you can't ever focus? Why you can't ever finish something? Why you can't, you know, it's like they bring out negative, they make it, they make it something negative. But can you imagine like growing up if the, you know, if, if the framing was different, it's like, okay, this is what you are. This is your personality. Your personality is like that because that's how you create it to be unique. But this is how you use that to be successful. This is what you need. You know what I mean? Definitely. You know what I'm saying? Like just reframing it instead of instead of like making that person out to be like a bad person or a bad kid or, you know. Well, I hope I hope that you check, you know, these teachers. I've had to check a couple of them at the school across the street um, where when our our kids, you know, and and my wife has done a great job as well when she's home, because the way even I think um, a lot of us grow up, we have the recipe. We don't have the ingredients to make it work. Mm -hmm. And so now that we're able to for our kids to have those ingredients and say, do you want a business? Okay. What do you want to do? Here's, here's what you want. Boom. Show me what you can do and have fun doing it. We, yeah. we just gotta, we, that's our goal because the teachers, I mean, I've been a teacher before I've had a lot of jobs mm-hmm. that their job is not to bring out that creativity, not because they don't want to. A lot of times they're, it's the school system in the rules that are placed on them, you know, in being creative. So now that you're being able to be creative and do what you want to do and yo, she's gone all over you guys. She'll be, I can't say where she's going to travel, but she's traveling and making deals happen. Um, what is like your ultimate goal in business? Where do you see yourself in the next, you know, five, 10 years? Yeah, so my five-year goal for for the wholesale business, at least my five-year goal, five-year goal for that one is to be at build it up to at least a twenty-five million dollar business, so I can give away two million dollars to our community. You know what I'm saying? In different parts of our community, and then I also um, to I would like to basically build a platform that is basically the Zillow of mobile homes. 
So that's also one of the goals for that. Now I do have other goals um, as well that I would like to accomplish, but um, ultimately though, like my mission is basically to create wealth so I can give back to our communities. You know what I mean? So I have like so many different ideas and like, even like right now, I make it a, I make it a point to give back now, like every single deal that, that we do, Every single deal, part of that is helping Belle Glade, which is where I grew up, um, another poor community, helping families in need, helping people in Haiti, doing what I can. I just now want to do that on a bigger scale um, later on. And on a bigger scale, eventually what I would like to do is maybe like, Bill, I have a vision that I want to build in basically an entrepreneur center. And the areas like where like minorities and black people like us, like we basically can train like the youth, you know what I mean? We can train the youth up to be entrepreneurs, give them the right tools, mindset, right training. I, one day, one day, that's my vision. One day we can have one of those all over the country and in some poor countries too. Awesome. Awesome. And I'm going to, you know, off air, I want to get that Bell Glade map because on my way to um, going to buy our, our land that we bought, mm-hmm. um, we had to pass through there and I didn't know anything about the history. And then I looked at the history of, you know, athletes and different things. And I saw the folks mm-hmm. who are during COVID might have lost their job, but now they're chefs. Oh, and I'm like, God. yeah, yeah. I, I, so I need I need that game. But mm-hmm. I'm going to get that off air because that's a personal thing. And this is for the people but can you tell me um with all the success that you have had and that you're having um and you just touched upon it what is the community give back if you just reinstate that that's my signature yeah, like, so, Kinda, oh my gosh. Yeah. so every year and now mm-hmm. this year this year was a little different because of the covid every single year to just the start of the school year we're giving away like 200 book bags to kids in the community, but not just the book bags, book bags, school supplies, you know, like notebooks, the whole nine yards just to get them going, right? And then, and I've been doing that for maybe like four or five years now. Um, I've been doing that now. This year, things changed. They didn't need um, the book bags and school supplies because, um, you know, they have to be home virtual schooling. So we bought like, I think it was like 200 or more, like all the Ethernet cords and the routers and stuff that we need at home because the parents don't have the resources to get all of that. So so we bought just a bunch of those. Um, I sent it to the church actually where I grew up in and then they went to all the all the houses of kids that needs that. So yeah, so so that's one thing. That's that's one thing. But throughout the um, throughout the year, and especially this year during COVID, you know. Um, but I've done this to like prior, you know, every year Thanksgiving. I'm like, look, send me some names of family that could really need some help, you know. And then we send them a check to get their, you know, Thanksgiving together. Um, several families and um, their Christmas together, Christmas holidays, I do that. But even like this year throughout COVID, it's just, you know, so many people was going through a lot. So basically, you know, I reached out to leaders in the community and say, hey, look, you know, let me know like who's, what families that can really use some help. And they'll send me like a list of some families that can like literally use some help. And then, you know, we send some help out. Okay. And how has COVID impacted your business? Well, so 
at first, like we didn't know what was going to happen. You know what I mean? We didn't really know because, you know, there are some families that were like, you know, basically there's a risk, you know what I mean? So when we having people go see properties, you have to get, everybody have to leave. Like it's just very inconvenient for some people because you have to be safe throughout that whole process. However, though, we still have a lot of our deals that's basically the properties vacant, you know what I mean? Um, so it didn't impact us as, as, um, as much with that, but we actually didn't know what was going to happen, um, you know, when COVID first started, because there are some state and I have some friends where they shut down their business period. You know what I mean? They couldn't do anything, but in here, thank God, it didn't really impact us as much. It was just the stuff that happens were like minor, minor things, you know what I mean? And that's just like for the safety, which is fine. Cause you can't have a bunch of people walking through a property and during these times, it's just not safe. So would you say that it was, um, you know, did business increase because maybe others went yeah, it out? Did. It, it did. Yeah, it, it did. Um, yeah, actually, it did. It didn't um, kill our business at all. OK, and I don't want to be insensitive, folks, because a lot of folks, you know, lost people and lost jobs. But I keep having entrepreneurs on here who have told you during these times their business has increased. And I know ours has as well, because we're technical people and the stuff that we do online. People are like, we need that. You know, even churches, yeah. we need our service. We need our tides. We need our offerings. So, you know, and so that that's a beautiful thing. Now, you guys are getting the game. I want you to go after this interview, check out her website. I want you to go bug her about her courses that are to come. I want you to go buy the book. And I also want you to like, share, and subscribe. Sandy, I thank you for coming on. I don't want to give them a game overload. And I do want to talk to you shortly after this. So thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.